Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hello, you Vinny. growth listeners. Uh, today I have Spencer Snaker. She is a transformational coach, trainer, speaker, yoga instructor, I guess, still, or in the past, past. I mean, she's done a little <laughs> bit of everything. Uh, but thank you for for being here, Spencer. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, this is a question that I probably have to get because you're a, a coach, right? Yes. And when people see Spencer, how many people do they think that's a male first name? Pretty much everyone. <laughs> Does the significant other ever get angry that they go, "Oh, I thought you're going to a, a male coach and." <laughs> No, not that aspect, but it does tend to catch people by surprise when they see the name and don't have a picture or a voice with it. And then they're like, okay, but who's Spencer? That would be me. Yes. Uh, so I know we, we talked previously about kind of what you do and the people you kind of focus on. Let's just kind of give a little bit of spark notes of, of what that entails. Yeah. As far as who I work with and what I do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm an executive transformation coach, and I, um, I, I work primarily with entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, people that are um, growing their own businesses and looking to really. My real passion is working with people that really are wanting to make an impact in the world, really wanting to kind of shake up the status quo, transform the way it is, and um, do big things out in the world. So um, those are the ones I get really jazzed about working with. <laughs> And, and uh, there's like so many different coaches out there. I mean, I've had a variety of different coaches uh, yes. on this platform. And the question I usually ask like a, a coach, right, is what do you think separates you from other coaches? Yeah, I. Um, that's a great question. And I think um, for me, one of the big distinctions is I really love to dive deep with people. Um, I, for a long time, I was calling myself a mindset coach. And um, because I do a lot of the work on our beliefs and, and who you think you are and what you think is possible and what you expect back from the world around you and things like that. But um, it's funny, one of my own coaches looked at me one day and she's like, Spencer, I feel like what you do is so much sexier than just mindset. <laughs> but also, I think for a lot of um, other coaches, coaches that do work like that, it tends to be more surface level where they're talking about, oh, well, just change your beliefs, just do some visualizations or do some affirmations or just think positive thoughts. And um, the work I do really goes so much deeper than that into so much of our subconscious, um, bringing awareness, bringing insight to those things that typically are hidden, um, which many coaches do that in various ways, but that's a big part of my methodology, really. It's like uh, one of my three pillars is this deep dive into insight to be able to recognize what is it that's really driving you? What are the things that are influencing you um, that most of the time we're not even aware of? And sometimes even when we do get awareness of it, we, we can't always connect the dots to realize how it's impacting us or what to do to transform it. So I really um, work all of the, the pieces together to be able to say, oh, that's what's happening and here's how it's affecting me. And now here's what I need to do next to be able to move past this. And your background is actually in psychology too. Some coaches, I mean, they're just coaches, I guess, but you have someone right. going to school and things like that. Did you always want to be a coach when you were uh, in school? 
So I didn't even know coaching existed when I was in school. And honestly, coaching didn't really exist when I was in school. That's how far back my college education goes. So I was in college in the early 90s from 91 to 95. And um, the coaching industry, at least as we know it today, didn't really exist then. Um, and I, you know, I knew that I wanted to help people and that I wanted to really help people live their best life. Um, that was one of the things I recognized as I was working on my psychology degree was I thought, I don't necessarily want to work with people with like heavy psychosis type issues. Um, I want to really help quote unquote normal people live full, fully expressed lives, living their purpose, living their passion, really getting the most out of life. And I had the great fortune a year or so after college of discovering the world of coaching and transformational training. I did a, a three-day seminar that a friend of a friend had done and um, knew really right from then, this was 25 years ago, the first day in that, that session, I was like, this is it. This is what I was put on this earth to do. And so the last 25 years, um, it hasn't always been my full-time profession for the full last 25 years, but I've found many ways over the last 25 years, both personally and professionally, to be um, really continuing to, to live, eat, and breathe and share this work with others. So wanting to help other people, was that something you learned at a young age? Where did you grow up? What was Where did that come from? Um. That's it. No one's ever asked that before. That's interesting to look at that way. I don't know that I've even really thought too far of where it's come from. I did, um, well, okay, so first off, I'll say I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, it is certainly a very diverse area, um, a lot of diversity of, of people and cultures and ideas and beliefs and things like that that come into it, um, and certainly a lot of advocacy and and things of that sort. So I think part of it maybe is sort of the water I I, I grew up swimming in, that, that it, you know, kind of what I came into. Um, I also, you know, I had, <laughs> the older I get, the more I think most of us have come from a dysfunctional family. And um, it's funny when, you know, people used to say, oh, well, I had dysfunction in my family. It's like, yeah, I think we all did to some extent. Um, but we, I certainly had some some challenges and difficulties in my family and growing up. And um, I think it was something that I, I just sort of recognized early on, like, okay, not everybody lives this way or not every home is like this or not every person's life is like this. And I, I sort of knew there was more, there was more possibility. There was that it didn't have to be that way. Um, and, and I think part of that, you know, part of that I think carried into then my own drive to want to help other people be able to see beyond what was immediately in front of them and, and create new possibilities for themselves as well. And so you go to college, when you get out of college, did you, because I, I talked to other psychologists before, they do, um, I guess, some internships, uh, I think mm -hmm. for the most part, and then they kind of transition to the practice. Did yes. you do internships at uh, any kind of psychology? Or? I did not, and I kind of wish I had, sorry, my computer is about to die. I'm trying to plug in here for a sec so I don't lose you. <laughs> There we go. Okay. So, um, yeah, I did not. And I kind of wished I had. In fact, it's something that I've told my kids that I've highly recommended as they're in school. Hey, get out in the world and get some experience with this and see if this is really what you want to do. Um, so I did not. Um, I did a, a year or so after college. Um, I did. I worked at a, a state mental hospital. <laughs> in my area and which is a pretty hardcore way to go that certainly isn't what the entire world of psychology and psychological help and support looks like um but it was pretty intense and it was so intense that i felt like it was wearing on my own well-being and and mental um health and and vitality and decided pretty quickly within a couple months of being there that that was not for me um and and part of it too and again it was an extreme environment so this probably isn't fair to say for the whole industry of psychology and i've i've been in that 
in therapy before in my own life. So I value it as a profession. Um, but I just kind of felt out of that experience, like it seemed very focused on um, people, certainly people with psychological challenges. It, it was like this idea of like, they're broken, and we can maybe sort of patch them back together to get by, but they're never really going to live a full, rich life, um, sort of as the philosophy of that. And I just didn't subscribe to that philosophy. I thought this I, I don't buy into this and I don't think that's really true. And there were people in there, um, even some of the patients in the place where I was that um, had, you know, diagnoses of depression or things like that, where it was like, I've, I, I kind of felt from the outside looking in like, yeah, it doesn't have to be this way for them, though. This doesn't have to be all there is for them. And I think there is so much more available. And, um, and I think that's one of the things that really kind of called me or drew me into coaching is um, you can be informed by your past but you don't have to be limited by your past mm -hmm. and really anything anything new can be created and can be made kind of brought into fruition in any moment and that's you know that's one of those things i think as entrepreneurs too that it's like we need to be constantly inventing and stepping into possibilities and seeing seeing something where it doesn't maybe seem possible and bring things into creation um and so i think coaching really kind of plays well into that arena and let me, let me see if I, I break it down. I got to understand. So you're thinking that at least the psychology that you're doing at that time was more about patching people up, not bringing them to the level of exceptional ability or whatever it might be. Right. Just almost like a drug where they kind of keep doing it. Yeah. But with coaching <laughs> Avenue, it at least allows them the ability to get to that next level and maybe one day be better than the coaching or, or not better than the coaching, but um, grow away from the coaching. Or well, to, so I, I mean, honestly, I think everybody benefits from having a coach all the time because I think yeah. it's, it, you know, coaches help us see things that we don't always see for ourselves. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I don't know, it just feels to me like it's a different um, level of access to, to power and to possibility. And, um, you know, an example of this I can give is that that first weekend seminar, as I said, I didn't, of course, I've done much, much, much more professional development and certifications and training and so forth since then. But that first weekend um, for me, one of the things I had previously struggled with was that I had had eating disorders for about 10 years at that point. And I was no longer um, sort of physically abusing my body in those ways, but I felt like it was always going to be sort of looming over me and something I was going to have to manage and deal with and, um, you know, kind of keep an eye on and that sort of thing. And one conversation in that weekend had me completely break free from it. I, I realized sort of the, the benefit, I, sort of the ugly payoff that I was getting out of being in that state of mind and that way of thinking um, and and just realized like I didn't need it anymore. It, the, the way that it seemed to have been serving me previously, it was clear that it was no longer serving me and I was able to choose freely to say, I just don't need this and to be able to let it go and walk away from it. And that was 25 years ago and it's never come up again. And that's something that for many people, they think, oh, well, you're always going to have to deal with it. And I bought into the belief of you're always going to have to deal with it until I saw something else possible for that and and chose. I was able to choose. That's a big, it's a big piece of our humanity though, that it's like our, our identity or our ego or our kind of who we think we are tends to play in a lot to, um, kind of trying to save us from ourselves. You know, there's there's aspects of who we think we are that seems to work for us. It keeps us safe. It, it helps us rise to levels of success. Your identity can be a huge part of what helps you achieve success and achieve great things in life. Um, but it also can be very limiting and that 
you have to be that. Like if you're not that, everything could possibly fall apart or it seems to your subconscious or your identity, like everything could fall apart. So you have to keep being that way or doing those things. Um, and so when you can kind of pull back to see, well, one, is that even true that I need to be that way or that it is even keeping me safe? Um, and two, is it really working for me in all the areas and in all the ways that that I need or want it to be working? Like, um, you know, people who are really driven go-getters, that might work for them professionally, but it might be a huge deterrent or downfall in their personal life because people like their spouse or their kids might be like, back off already. Give me a little space to be who I am here. <laughs> So we need to, you know, really be bringing our our full self into our really all of our existence. Um, and the identity a lot of times can be very limiting on that. Do you recall, and I know it was a weekend where you basically were, over, over, were able to overcome that idea. Was it more so about basically finding out how that uh, hindrance is protecting you and figure, and understanding that it's not protecting you? Is that, is that in essence kind of what you did? Okay. Yeah, you know, it was really and, and this is one of the things I work a lot with my clients on now, too, is it's it really um, that particular experience or that particular sort of moment for me, that shift was really about seeing the kind of the, like I said, like the ugly payoff I was getting out of it and yeah. and the ugly payoffs to let me kind of take a step back to help this come into context for your listeners, yeah. which is to say, like, anytime there's there's something that you want or somewhere you want to get to or something you want to, you know, release yourself from um, and this certainly can be professionally in so many ways of a financial goal. You have a revenue goal, you have an impact goal, you have things like that. Um, anytime there's this thing that you want and you're not quite getting there, you feel like you can't get where you want to be or can't let go of what feels like it's holding you back. There's always some payoff that's coming with it. There's some like sort of ugly truth that's hiding behind. Um, you know, I almost think like with the wizard of Oz and the great and powerful Oz, like the big booming, scary voice, but then it's just like this little old man hiding behind the curtain pretending to be something he's not. And so, um, and so for me, there was this sort of illusion of like victimhood and, oh, I've had such a terrible upbringing and look how messed up I am from my dysfunctional, you know, childhood, that sort of thing. And I realized for me, the payoff was like, I got to sort of be right about my parents being bad parents, which really, you know, in hindsight, I look back and I, I do believe like we all are always doing the best we can. And I've got a great relationship with my parents now. We've totally, you know, worked through some of those past issues and healed those things. But at the time, at that point for me, when I was 22 years old or whatever, it was like this um, almost carrying like this badge of brokenness around with me, like, look how much they messed me up. And, and I wasn't really consciously thinking that or intending that, but I, I was able to see for myself like, wow, this is like me just kind of like hammering into the ground how, how you know, things didn't go the way I thought they should have gone and they sort of ruined me with this. And, and, and seeing that and then being able to see how it was impacting me, like my lack of freedom, my lack of joy, my lack of general mental, physical, emotional health in so many areas around this, it was like, okay, why would I keep doing that? Like, how about I let that one go and walk away from that one? So for me in that moment, it was very easy to see. It was like, oh, I don't want to be doing that or I don't want to be living that way. Um, and so I was able to let go and and create something new in its place. And like I said, we have a very good relationship now and, and you know, very much since then. Um, but there's oftentimes these things that we don't we don't even realize are getting in our way. Um, another, you know, another example to connect to something in business that might make this easier for for your audience to connect with is um, my yoga studio that I had for uh, about fifteen years. 
I, um, I, I had great practice. I had great clients who came and they loved it. And I had some people who even when they moved far away would still drive back to come to my studio because they loved it so much and what they were getting out of it. So in many ways, it had a lot of great aspects to it, but it never got to the financial level of success that I really wanted it to and that I was aspiring to. And I realized um, largely after the fact, as I started uh, really putting my own tools to use and things and looking at, okay, what was really going on there? Someone had said early on in my um, experience of teaching yoga, someone, another instructor had made a comment one time that seemed very judgment laden of, well, I would never hire someone who's doing it just for the money, who's teaching yoga just for the money. And consciously, I knew that was ridiculous. Consciously, I knew, well, hell yeah, like one, I got to keep a roof over my head and put food on my table. And two, there's nothing wrong with making lots of money. Like that's your judgment lady. But um, I realized many years later that that really, I think, subconsciously had been kind of holding me back in many ways where it was like I didn't want to be seen as or judged as someone who's doing it just for the money. And so I can see ways that I sort of unknowingly and certainly unintentionally limited the ability for that business to grow financially so no one could ever think I was doing it just for the money. <laughs> And it sounds ridiculous, but it's kind of what was at play there. Well, it's crazy how much can sip this, like just seep into your head or subconscious yes. knowing it. Like I, I tell this story many times that uh, so door knocking them in the real estate field. When I first got into it, everyone said this market's really saturated. So yes. they go saturated, saturated. You can't get in there. Can't get in there. I door knock, door knock. I got a, a, a listing appointment, got a listing lead after like the first month of doing it. Yeah. And then I went to uh, I was door knocking and the next week later. I'm door knocking. I look to my right. Another agent is door knocking in that door. Uh -huh. Right. And, and everything that I was told about how, how saturated that market was came into fruition in that moment. So I yes. stopped door knocking, stopped prospecting that area. Yeah. Because I, I allowed that to kind of come in and I wasn't yeah. strong enough in my own mindset saying that I, I mean, yeah. So it, I think it happens to a lot of us. And we sometimes we, we don't realize that it just happened to us. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we look for evidence everywhere. Really, it's part of our survival wiring as human beings. Um, you know, we're in these breakable bodies that that bleed and hurt and eventually are going to not exist anymore, have an expiration date. And so we have this driving need to, to survive and to protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe. And part of that is we're always looking for threats or perceived threats. And then we collect evidence for those threats or collect evidence for what we think is keeping us safe from those threats. So yeah, like you said, you saw the other person knocking and you were like, oh, see, it's saturated. I, why am I even bothering doing this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you talked about that you had the yoga studio for 15 years yeah. and you were in the corporate world before that. that simultaneously, actually. Well, simultaneously. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> yes. So when did you, uh, was there a time that you left the corporate world and went straight into the yoga studio? It was so it's interesting. My intention was to leave the corporate world and go straight into the yoga studio, but because it didn't financially get where I wanted it to be, I didn't feel like I was able to make that move. Um, and interestingly enough, it was discovering um, there was a, a business coach who was marketing online through Facebook ads or something like that, um, who was doing some sort of a like a challenge or a workshop that I signed up for with the intention of saying, okay, well, what do I really need to do to get this yoga practice growing and get it where I really want it to be? And, um, you know, I had, I mentioned, 
I'd previously worked in the, the maybe I didn't, maybe I might have said this before we got on the live call, but I had previously worked um, for a coaching and transformational training company that um, after 30 years in business closed their doors. And at that point, I transitioned to corporate thinking, okay, maybe I can still do this kind of work, like leadership development and, and things like that in the corporate world. And, um, and it never really became what I wanted it to be in corporate. So the yoga studio was kind of my way to say, okay, this will still allow me to feel like I'm living my purpose in the world and making a difference for people. Because yoga, while some people may think of it as just exercise and stretching and down dogs, I was slipping in life lessons and personal growth and awareness opportunities and things like that. And so anyway, when I took this um, workshop about building, marketing your business online and growing your business with the intention of doing it for the yoga studio, I, at that point, discovered this whole world of online marketed coaching practices and went, oh my gosh, I could actually do this because previously when I did it for that company, it was insanely long hours, like literally 60 to 80 hours a week sometimes for ridiculously low pay. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Um, but when I discovered the opportunity of being able to do it on my own and really kind of on my time and my terms and that sort of thing, I was like, wow, this is it. I can finally, finally really dive into what I feel like I've always been called to do. And so, um, so at that point, I actually kind of transitioned out of the yoga studio, transitioned out of corporate, and now I'm, have been doing fully coaching for the last five years years or so. Now, what does that transition look like? Some people just jump off the cliff. Yeah. Well, basically get their coat <laughs> in the water. I mean, what did that transition look like for you? Yeah. So for me, it was, it was a transition. And, and, you know, this is one of those things too, where I think so much about the, um, the, so many of the tools that I have learned and now teach through coaching really played in because I was able to, um, really see opportunities or see possibilities that weren't so obvious. You know, there were things initially like, okay, well, how am I going to do this? And I know so many people have this struggle of, well, I, I'm doing one thing, but I want to move to another thing and it's too scary and I need to still have income and how do I do this? And for me, this um, possibility presented itself um, to be able to transition by doing some of the same work I had been doing in corporate as a consultant um, and transitioned into a position where in just six weeks a year, I replaced my prior corporate salary. I will say as transitioning out of corporate, I'd gone to part-time. So it didn't replace my my 40-hour-a-week corporate corporate salary in six weeks. Um, but it did replace my part-time corporate salary in just six weeks a year. I was able to make the same revenue. And so then only doing that six weeks a year freed up the rest of the year to be able to then be building my coaching practice while I still had money coming in. What Did you have a, uh, a game plan, a structure, or how, how did you un know what to do? I mean, because that's always like kind of the biggest thing, especially when you start your own practice, right? Yeah. Not knowing, okay, how do I get this lead? How do I find this contact? How do I get my price? Did you have a, a structure in mind when you kind of went that direction? Yeah, I had a, a business coach that I was working with and, and started with a group program, kind of an, a, a group training that I was doing and getting some coaching and then ended up getting more personalized support from her in a um, like sort of a mastermind setting. Um, I've had a number of, of business coaches along the, the way, what, you know, business building and branding and marketing and sales, various things like that. Um, I'm a big uh, proponent or encourager of people getting the, the training, the education and the support that they they need along the way with things. Um, and I've had my own one-on-one -on -one executive coach for the last, I don't know, two and a half years now, which has made a huge difference as well. Um, and like I said, I'm a big, I, I really feel like everybody, <laughs> I feel like everybody needs a coach, everybody in every walk of life, but certainly every entrepreneur. Um, Cause I think there's just so much that we just, 
again, that we just don't see for ourselves so much of that stuff that's subconscious, that your identity is trying to save you from yourself when it thinks you might be setting out after something that seems threatening, that seems scary, that seems like it not might not work. You might fail. People might think you're a loser or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and it's trying to sort of save you from that. And so it, it gets in the way in many ways. And so having a coach really helps you be able to identify those things and be able to... Um, to, to be able to intervene prior to it becoming a kind of a problem, so to speak. Have you, cause you've had coaches that seems throughout your life, right? Yeah. For much of the a, last. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, well, no, well, you ever had a coach that you guys just didn't click well, that it, you found out at a, at a quick, quick moment that, Hey, this is not a good fit for me. How did that come about? What do you think you did wrong when you're looking for that coach? Hmm. Um, I don't, so I don't know that anything was wrong per se. I think, um, I think sometimes you don't necessarily know until you get into it with someone. And I think also like we all are changing and evolving all the time. Um, the, the one that comes to mind that I, what became pretty clear, it wasn't a good fit. She seemed to be going through a bit of an evolution of her own. And so I think when I came to her, she seemed like a good fit. And then over the span of a couple months, it suddenly was like, mm, this doesn't seem right anymore. Um, but I think, you know, one of the big things I would say to people to look out for when you are looking for a coach or when you are working with anyone, really any kind of mentor, even, even if you don't label them as a coach, is um, really to be trusting your gut, to be trusting your own instinct on, um, you know, you hire someone for their expertise and their knowledge to help guide you along in various ways. But at the same time, I really think we've got to sort of tune into our own, um, I know this is going to sound like a very feminine or female thing for me to say, but tuning into our own intuition. Because I think so many of us um, will just sort of blindly follow coaches or teachers or mentors thinking, well, they're where I want to be, or they're the ones that are the expert, or they they know, so I should do what they say. Um, and one of my own clients right now, she um, she works with, uh, I, I support her with more of the inner work, the deeper inner work of the fears, the doubts, the ways where she may sabotage or get in the way of herself, things like that. But she also works with some other coaches on more business-focused areas, um, more like business strategy or marketing strategy, things like that. Um, and there's a lot of times where we have conversations that she'll say, you know, well, such and so said I need to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but didn't you say before this? And what do you think about that? Because, you know, she had had a hugely successful business prior to this current one um, that she's building now. And so it's like, you know this stuff. Like, like, what do you think you need to do here? Because um, a lot of times when things aren't working, it's because there's some inner conflict going on. Um, again, that whole trying to save us from ourselves thing. And so if we tune in and listen on our own, I think that can make a big difference too. Now, if you could look back, let's say at that, that 20, 20 some year old woman mm -hmm. that was angry at her parents, was learning, was in, in school, <laughs> what advice would you give her? Oh, goodness. Um, Ah, I think, um, one, don't give up. I think that's a big piece. I think, I think a big part of, um, my corporate experience, not always, not fully going the way that I had wanted was because I think I, um, some of, some of my own doubts early on were, um, <laughs> 
we're supported. Like we talked about, we collect evidence for things. I think I collected some evidence for myself that felt like people were like, okay, little cutie, like I get you're super excited about this, but you're young and you've got some life to live before you really can offer, um, you know, value to people. You need to go live some life first. And um, I guess like many young 20 something year olds, I, I felt like I was wise beyond my years. Um, but I do see where there, there are places when I see, when I see early 20 or mid 20 folks now that are like fully out there going for it, I'm like, heck yeah, you go for it. Like, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. So, um, so yeah, I think certainly don't give up. And, um, and I think like just to be really to be true, to be to be true to yourself, to be like know what you want. One of the first things I start with my clients on is what do you really want? What's the life you want? What's the business you want? Um, what's the lifestyle you want to be living? What matters to you? What do you really value that has to be a part of this? Um, so really like to get to know yourself and what you want and make sure that you structure um, your career path or your business path around that instead of doing the business path you think is quote unquote right, and then try to figure out how you can maybe squeeze in your values or your desires, design it around your values and your desires and who you really are. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's tough. I, Cause I've had other coaches on here that I had actually one coach on here that talked about, we all can't be happy with what we do. And I just felt like that was uh wow. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not a really strong mindset to put out there, but uh, it was Maybe that's one of those distinguishers for me too. Back to one of your original questions, what makes me different? I'm like, yeah, I don't think I would ever have that. That, that like just doesn't fit for me as a philosophy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, do it. Do what you love. And I think it's fully possible to to create success and fulfillment and um, financial fulfillment, all of it from really like doing what you really want to do. Yeah, and it's probably, I mean, I would think for most people like understanding who you are first, right? Yes. Because I mean, the person who you were when you were younger, I mean, it seems like you've been on the same path from like at a young age to, to now, you've been on the same path, helping people, helping people. But there's a lot of people like I, I know for myself, I did an internship in a real estate company when I was in college. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm never doing this. <laughs> and then it was like, I think 10 years later, and I was like, oh, I'm in real estate doing it for, for, for the last nine years. And But it's, uh, we change, we grow, we adapt yeah. and start understanding who we are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a big, that's, that's such a great point that you just raised too, because I think we need to really stay aware too of how we're changing, how we're growing, how we're evolving. Because I think so much, oftentimes when people come to me, they're at this point where they're like, I, you know, my, my a lot of times even it's like my business is doing great and I'm making tons of money and I've got it all. It seems like it's all perfect from the outside looking in, but I'm not satisfied. I'm not fulfilled. This isn't really what I want to be doing or something just doesn't feel right anymore. And I don't, uh, you know, sort of that I'm afraid to change it because I'm afraid I might lose it all or have to start all over again. And where do I go from here? But I think we need to recognize that who you are and what you want and even just stages of life, it's evolving all the time. And um, yeah, knowing who you really are at your core is a big part of being able to then be tuning into, okay, so now what? What's next? Where do I go from here? And how do I get there in ways that are going to feel good for me and be producing the tangible results that I need to go with them? Thank you, Spencer, for being on here. Thank you for all your insight. Thank you for all your positivity. I mean, if someone's looking to to grow, transform, build their business, how can they follow your journey or even reach out to you? 
Yeah, um, probably the best thing is just go to my website, spencersnakered.com. I know the last name's a bit of a doozy, but I think most folks are probably on a, on a visual thing of this that have links. So yeah, spencersnakered.com and my social media links are there as well. And um, there's also some downloadable resource, some free downloadable resources there as well that can help people with um, really diving deeper into some of these topics we've talked about today and how it can, how they can put them to use for themselves. Again, thank you. Thank you, everyone listening. Uh, thank you for, for Spencer for being on here. Please subscribe. Please share. Go to her platform and uh, tell your friends. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.